From somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. See, to me, it doesn't matter if uh, you're union or non-union, if you're a school janitor or the CEO of a Fortune 500 company, if you're working your ass off, you deserve a day off. Monday, Labor Day, it's for you, guy, gal. Hell yes, Mr. Robert, by the way. It's me, it's Mike. Mike, Mike Davidson lives is the name of the podcast. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for hanging out with me here for the next half hour as uh, doing this uh, late night Sunday into Labor Day. You got the day off so I can sleep in a little bit. Uh, if my kids let me sleep in, they too have the day off. And anytime kids have the day off, they feel motivated to get up earlier to do more chaos, more havoc. Whereas you're an adult, you're often disappointed that they don't share your love sleeping in. Eh, whatever. Um, they are excited, um, even though it's still technically summer. Uh, you still got, what, three more weeks of it here, but uh, now we're kind of winding up into fall. Uh, our next-door neighbor already has put up one Halloween decoration already. It's a uh, cover for their garage door. It is a creepy, scary clown. Now, clowns in general could scare the living crap out of people because, you know, it's a distorted face, drawn up. It's, uh, you know, they can be a little creepy. Then you, you make it an actual creepy clown and you think people are going to crap themselves. My kids think it's the coolest thing ever. This demonic zombie clown face on, uh, on the garage door. So they're already excited for Halloween, which is still a good eight weeks away. So... And, and they're wearing their uh, Princess Halloween costumes, too. They're just, they're stoked because of this. They've had, uh, I would say, a better weekend so far than I have. Now, now my wife and I did get away this afternoon to grab a bite to eat and do a little window shopping and all that. That was fine. Um, but yesterday, I was uh, running to the store for my wife after, uh, after watching the Colorado TCU game. More on that here in a second. It's just around the corner. I was going to gas up, go Kroger, get some uh, stuff for her. She's uh, baking a cake, right? Um, and long story short, I didn't want to do it. I ran over a groundhog. I killed a groundhog. And it was like it took the wind out of my sails, man. I just, I was, not that I'm a tree hugger. It just sucks killing an animal when you don't have to. But uh, just given the circumstances of the road, you know, it was dodging traffic left and right. I tried to break to give this thing a chance, and it was just too little too late. And, yeah, pretty bad. I felt down about it. Oddly enough, um, years I mean, this is not the first animal I've hit. Uh, I remember in my Honda Civic years back when I first moved to Fort Wayne, I hit a possum on the way home. Now, I'm thinking about this, and I feel bad about hitting the groundhog. When I hit the possum years back I didn't feel bad because it's a possum and possums are pretty dumb animals and as bad as I feel now about hitting the groundhog still looking back I don't feel bad about hitting the, uh, the possum does that make any sense to you it doesn't to me I'm just I'm, I'm trying to move on because I, I gotta uh, grill up some ground chuck and I don't want to think about animals tomorrow I'm, <laughs> I'm grilling burgers no, and they're not made from uh, groundhog or possum uh, R.I.P. Jimmy Buffett Cheeseburger in Paradise inventor, uh, album guy. You know, he had a, he had a pretty good career. He, 
somebody said you know, like he just made the one album and he was able to milk that for all it's worth and he basically came up with the American Summer Vacation soundtrack and every year he would uh, just get all these parrot heads to jam into any music venue and watch them for a couple of days. He basically uh, was the predecessor to Dave Matthews Band. He was he was that gap between the Grateful Dead and Dave Matthews Band, and uh, he could pack them in. He made a lot of money, very successful. He uh, he died over the weekend, seventy six. I guess for the past four years, battling a rare form of skin cancer. Seventy six is not a bad run though. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me that he was dealing with that because, you know, he had that beach bum persona when you're out and about in the sun, living life, even if you take the precautions, it's, uh, it's, it's hard to get out of this life in pristine condition. I think he had a pretty good run and certainly anybody that's gone to a live music event, uh, basically having their own five o'clock somewhere in his honor because, uh, he did a lot more good for the music industry than bad. So uh, thoughts and prayers to his family. This one's kind of surprising. This is not an R.I.P. as of this as of this recording. But Steve Harwell, frontman for Smash Mouth, 56 years old, in hospice care. 56 years old. Uh, said to only have about a week to live, if that. Uh, family and friends are gathering to... Uh, bid him farewell uh you know he's had i guess a plethora of health issues over the years heart disease and everything uh but the article i was reading like i had to get deep into this article oh uh, yeah by the way he has uh, battled chronic alcoholism throughout his life and that's why he's having liver failure which is the cause of him being in hospice i mean it's one thing to have uh heart condition and everything and you deal with it but uh, if you if he was still partying hard uh, it's just it's it's sad that he couldn't le learn that lesson because I mean liver you only get one of those and uh, when you damage that to hell it uh, pretty much takes you with it and I haven't been blackout stupid drunk in eight years and it basically it came down to a, a couple of hard truths with me it's like do I enjoy beer yes do I uh, enjoy the occasional mixed drink hard liquor yes do I enjoy hangovers no maybe do the moderation thing maybe that's the adult thing to do or you know give it up completely and uh, you know I'm, I'm more of a beer guy but i've just i've never understood and maybe it's just because it was e it's it was easier for me to scale back than most i just i've never understood how anybody older than me or even my age now can still go out and pound alcohol like it's not like it's nobody's business like because the hangovers get worse the older you get. And the last one I had really knocked me for a loop. But it was just like, no, I, I can't keep doing this. And unfortunately, uh, Steve Harwell uh, just couldn't stop, I guess. And so he's he's on death's door. And it sucks for anybody that's uh, known and loved the guy. All right. Um, going on to a little bit of a lighter topic here. And I'm sorry there wasn't much of a transition. It was just, it's hard truth. College football kicked off this weekend, and, um, you, you, you know, I, I, I've seen, I saw a few games this weekend. Uh, I, I caught part of today because it was on, it was Sunday afternoon, it was this or soccer, it was this. It was Rutgers and Northwestern because NFL doesn't start until Thursday. So Rutgers was hosting Northwestern in a battle of who could care less in a nationally televised game on CBS. Uh, the stands were barely full. Uh, 
and Rutgers was blowing out Northwestern. It was not a good game to watch at all. Basically, I equated this to uh, that episode of The Simpsons where Homer Simpson was actually, you know, I guess that could have been the tie-in, uh, giving up beer for a month. And he got so desperate for a beer that he snuck under the bleachers of a football stadium and was eating the sand. That's how desperate a lot of us are for football if we're sitting around watching Rutgers and uh, Northwestern. It was a blowout. Uh, surprising game this weekend, though. TCU stunned at home by Colorado. Deion Sanders and his crew uh, came. They saw they conquered. And, um, you know, his son's quarterback for that team threw four touchdowns, 500 yards. I mean, TCU was yet racking up points and yards, too. But I think a lot of people expected TCU to just blow Colorado out of the water. Colorado uh, did not falter. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a perfect game. I wouldn't say anoint them uh, national champions, but it was pretty damn impressive. So Dion uh, bringing um, bringing his winning styles, his winning ways to Colorado, and said, "Hey man, I, we've been listening to everybody dog us, and we've kept receipts, and I guess they're there to collect." Love the confidence, but I mean, it's it's one game, one game. Don't get too big here, uh, Dion, especially with your son quarterbacking, because. Well, they know it's your son, and I, I think a lot of defenses uh, that you'll face will be uh, chomp at the bit to get at him. Uh, oh, and good news tonight. Uh, <laughs> I just watched Brian Kelly fall on his face on national television. Florida State beat the crap out of Louisiana State big time. I think like uh, at one point in the game before the garbage time uh, touchdown from LSU, Florida State outscored LSU 31-0 in the second half, and, and LSU was up barely at halftime. Uh, it just makes you wonder if uh, things don't work out the way they're supposed to work out at LSU, what will Brian Kelly's next dream job be? Not a Notre Dame fan, mind you, but I, I do love watching this guy struggle because he's just one of the most disingenuous people on the planet. All right, so it is Labor Day weekend, um, and for a lot of us, you know, if we haven't already, or we are going to fire up the grills, a new study revealing 12% of Americans uh, eat at least 50% of the daily beef supply in the world. 12% of Americans, if you're one of those 12%, I can't claim to be one of those 12% because, you know, beef is expensive, and, uh, you know, I, I am an older guy. Did have a steak last night, though. Um, but... If you are one of those 12%, uh, give yourself a pat on the back, a round of applause, because you are helping out the world's uh, cattle ranchers by eating all that. But the, the, the push here is not just now how bad beef is for the human body if you eat uh, excessive amounts of red meat. You know, Not just like, okay, your arteries are going to clog up, and this is bad for your digestive system and all that. But now cows are bad for the, the planet, and uh, it's because of you that all these ranchers are breeding all these cows, producing all this methane, and that's kind of the push now. It's like you got to cut down not just for yourself because, you know, there's some people that can eat red meat every day and live to be 97. Um, but now you got to think of others. How dare you go out and have that hamburger? How dare you fire up that grill because cows produce methane? And when you fire up that grill, that's also more carbon going off into the uh, into the atmosphere. That's the guilt trip they're laying on you. It's not just you. It's think about others. Others. Um, so that's, uh, that's kind of what they're playing up here. And uh, I'm going to have like three hamburgers in honor of this study. I, I got to catch up. Like I said, I don't eat red meat all the day, all the time. 
Uh, oh, by the way, and, and of course, with Labor Day weekend, you know, you have irresponsible people being more irresponsible. And of course, don't drink and drive is something that you should take away from any holiday weekend, any weekend for that matter. I mean, if you, you got yourself a buzz, you know, spend the night someplace or have a buddy who didn't drink as much as you or uh, was a sober driver take you home or Uber. Uh, this idiot in Nebraska, I guess this uh, footage was released earlier this week. This happened back in March, but uh, this guy called 911 in Nebraska uh, because he was driving drunk. The drunk driver called himself in rather than just stop and say, oh, what am I doing? He was drunk. He called 911. He reported himself because I feel i guess he felt like he had a, a sense of responsibility not a sense of common sense mind you but just i want to call the cops to pull me over <sighs> all types man all right so a little bit of the entertainment uh, sports thing here um denzel washington kind of a victory this weekend because i guess he's the first uh, non-barbie non-oppenheimer uh movie to really do well this summer at the box office. I mean, yeah, you had Guardians 3 earlier, and you had Sound of Freedom doing pretty well for itself, but Equalizer 3 pulling in some pretty decent bank, and I think is going to win the weekend, and it does not look to be a flop if projections hold correctly here. So way to go to him. And, you know, and he's in his 60s now. Uh, you know, last year you had Tom Cruise in his 50s, Top Gun earlier this year, John Wick 4, Keanu Reeves. Um, you know, it's just, it's, I made mention with this too, uh, with with John Wick Four. I mean, as cool as you know Keanu Reeves is, I mean, where is the next generation of the action star? I mean, you're going to two-time Oscar winner Denzel Washington, who should be retired, who should who should just shrug about all this strike stuff and just go, you know what? I've I've had a pretty good career. I don't have to do shit. But uh, you know, they keep going to these guys because there's nobody else that has the charisma. Um, or the talent to carry a movie like these guys do. And Denzel Washington, I said two-time Oscar winner, and, you know, he started in movies that people have seen. Uh, that uh, that takes some doing. It takes some doing right there. All right, so uh, we're moving from the movie theater to uh, concert venues. And uh, the first of which is the big story this week, and I guess... Uh, Burning Man. I, this happens every year. It's where hippies and uh, survivalists, they go out, or, or, or pseudo-survivalists, I don't know, they, you're out roughing it in the northern uh, Nevada desert for a weekend, uh, seeing some really bad EDM acts, you know, comedians and, and uh, music. It's basically, it's basically for anybody that has a trust fund to go out and pretend that they were just... Uh, doing something dangerous well it's actually become dangerous because it's out in the desert there's been a ton of rain a lot of mud and people are stranded we're talking about seventy thousand people at this event and you know they're telling them the rational uh ration water ration food um and and be wary of mud with your vehicles don't get stuck if you aren't already stuck four wheel will get you out uh some of the uh porta pots are already full so you know that place is just going to smell great. 70,000 people. Let me ask you. I mean, we do have these these weekend-long music festivals now, like uh, Louder Than Life or Sonic Temple, whatever the hell it's calling itself out in Columbus, Ohio. You also have Louder... No, uh, uh, Louder Than Life is down in uh, Louisville. Sonic Temple is out in Columbus. Uh, it used to be Rock on the Range. That's what I meant. 
Uh, and you have like your Rockwell homes and everything, Lollapalooza up in Chicago. Just basically, you know, two or three days you're in a city, you go see some bands, and uh, that's that. And maybe a camp out in a grass lot. But do you know anybody that goes to these freaking things? Like, I mean, I know this is probably more of a West Coast thing than uh, anything east of the Mississippi. But do you know anybody that just goes, oh, yeah, Burning Man. I'm going to go out there and hang out for a weekend. It just, it just seems like what something a rich person would do. Not me. And they get stuck out there not realizing, hey, things could go wrong. Uh, what do I do? What do I do? And they're, they're stuck with all this mud and all these shitters overflowing with just human refuse. This has become Firefest 2, Burning Man. In fact, you know, burning fire. There is that kind of connotation. Uh, I'm, su- I'm surprised Billy McFarland isn't involved with this uh, in some ways. But they're dealing with that. Uh, uh, crappers being full. And then, you know, over in Pittsburgh, this uh, this happened earlier this week. And um, it's kind of a funny story, but I guess it's the Morgan Wallen concert. And uh, this got cut on video, these women fighting outside of uh, Porto Johns. And a uh, woman comes out and starts beating the crap out of these women bothering this one woman. Well, the story is, and the woman that was in the uh, the Portageon, her name is, well, her uh, handle is Romper Stomper. Don't mess with Romper Stomper, and she proves it in this video. It's kind of funny. Um, I guess uh, she inadvertently cut a woman in line. She didn't realize she cut somebody, and her mom was standing outside the Portageon just to make sure nobody, you know, comes in and hassles her daughter. These women come up and start hassling her mom, and then she comes out and starts beating these women's asses for it. But, uh... Yeah, this is one of the many reasons why I'm going to miss summer uh, stories like this. But Romper Stomper apparently has an Instagram account, and she's uh, she's quite glamorous when she wants to be. Yeah, she's uh, she's uh, kind of a looker. Yeah, she's she's pretty attractive actually, and uh, it's just funny because like with uh, with Instagram women, you're thinking, <laughs> well, they wouldn't be caught dead using a porta john, and here's Romper Stomper coming out stomping ass. Yeah, she her DMs are about to fill up like uh, like a Burning Man Porta John, uh, but but kudos to her for standing up to her uh, for her mom there. Very interesting story. Um, uh, going on from that to Metallica, a couple stories involving them. And by the way, uh, a quick and speedy recovery to James Hetfield because I I guess uh, they had to postpone some uh, dates due to the fact that he's got COVID. No, he's probably not going to die. Uh, <laughs> But he probably feels miserable as hell, and I've I've had it, and uh, I think pretty much half the world has had it by now. But you know, if you don't feel well, you don't feel well. You don't go out and perform. But uh, they are going to make up the dates. I think this is out in Arizona. But uh, D. Snyder, Twisted Sister fame, and uh, all in all, a, a pretty big brash loudmouth. Um, I guess Metallica, at one of their more recent engagements, they're playing two sh- uh, two shows where they said no repeats, a no repeat weekend. So one show, they're going to play one set list, and another one, uh, they're going to play another set list, mix and match. You know, you're not going to hear the same song twice. And he says, "Well, that's kind of cool, but you know, if you're if you're a band, you play all the hits." You play all the hits. I mean, everybody wants to hear Andrew Sandman, right? You got to play all the hits. And I'm thinking, okay, Metallica has 11 studio albums worth of material. Like, material. And we're not talking about any live rarities that they have. We're not talking about 
uh, any of the Garage Day cover stuff that they've done. We're talking 11 albums filled with original material. They can do this. Twisted Sister has two songs. If you went to a Twisted Sister song, uh, show and didn't hear I Want to Rock or We're Not Going to Take It, you would think that this is a ripoff and you would go uh, to the County Fair box office and ask for your eight bucks back. Metallica has a catalog, man. I mean, you'll kill them all. Ride the Lightning, uh, Master of Puppets, Injustice for All, the Black Album, Load, Reload, Saint <laughs> Anger. Uh, Death Magnetic, uh, on and on and on and on. You have all of these studio albums. They can do that. They can split it up. And uh, the Black Album had more than just entertainment. You had Sad But True. You had The Unforgiven. You had Nothing Else Matters. You have Wherever I May Roam. Those Don't Tread On Me. Uh, if you were to take those three songs and split them up each night, and then you know you mix it up with like Battery, Master of Puppets, uh, you know, Seek and Destroy, one, you, you get the idea. You can pull this off. Metallica could do that. The Rolling Stones could do that. You too could do that. Twisted Sister cannot. And Dee Snyder uh, criticizing Metallica for doing this, just inadvertently comic in its own way. So, okay, yeah, they'll, they'll take your advice. Uh, good thing Bradley Cooper didn't take anybody's advice on... Uh, on this uh, new Maestro movie he's doing for Netflix, uh, you know he's playing uh, uh, Leonard Bernstein, the uh, famed composer, and a lot of the crap he's been getting for the prosthetic nose because uh, Leonard Bernstein's Jewish, Bradley Cooper is not, and a lot of people are uh, crying Jew face, anti-Semitism, and all that. Uh, but it, it kind of goes back to uh, what Dave Chappelle said about Twitter. You know they're dragging me on Twitter. I don't give enough. Twitter's not a real place. In Venice, during the film festival out there recently, uh, I guess this movie got a seven-minute standing ovation. Now, Bradley Cooper wasn't there for the, the uh, seven-minute standly uh, standing ovation because of the writer strike, the, uh, the actor strike. You, you you don't go out and promote movies when your union's on strike. But uh, he's got to be reading this and going, "Hmm, I guess I did okay." And it does build up a little bit of buzz with the uh, with the Oscars if they do happen this year. But it just kind of proves that everybody that was crying about him doing this, it may not be a thing after all. And I said this uh, in an earlier podcast. Either you know, if this movie comes out, we're either going to look at this performance and go, "Man, that was good," or we're going to mock this like we mocked uh, Al Pacino playing a Cuban gangster in Scarface. Okay, I mean, just it, it's nothing to freak out about. It's it's a win-win. Either you get a great performance or you, you get joke material. And uh, that's how you should look at it. Speaking of Netflix, Aaron Paul, uh, Jesse from uh, Breaking Bad, he's saying that he has not gotten any residuals from Netflix in regards to streaming the show. And, uh, you know, Brian Cranston is co-star of the show, Walter White. Uh, he says, well, we don't think of Netflix as the enemy, but we want them to come back down to earth. Of course, that sounds like condescending as hell language. And uh, see where we're coming from on this. And uh, I don't think there's been any inkling that this strike is going to end anytime soon. I mean, it kind of sucks because Aaron Paul is the uh, one of the co-stars of the show, a, a major character on that show. It was a great show. Primarily on AMC, but the show is like, God, it's it's ancient now. I mean, I, I didn't start watching it till it was well off the air. Uh, I think it, it went off the air around 2012 or something like that. 
Um, but uh, it's it's a great show. But the thing is, is like uh, with each passing year, you're not going to have as many fans, or they're not going to watch it as much as they used to, and so the diminishing returns. And to get residuals off of streaming, it goes back to what I was talking about previous. Uh, it was actually two podcasts ago. Uh, I linked up an article about how like the future of streaming platforms is ads. It's higher rates. It's less original content, and that's what that's what probably will happen. Uh, if the writers, if the actors get their way and get more, uh, what more residuals, you're not going to get that. You, you as a consumer, aren't going to get that same freedom of uh, watching things at a low price with no ads because the model is unsustainable. And if Farron Paul's got nothing cooking in the oven, he's going to look back at his biggest head and go, "Well, you know, I could probably get a little bit of money out of this, a little bit more money out of this." And that's what a lot of the writers and actors are doing right now. Hey, a, a quick update. Uh, the botched Doom Loop walk that was canceled but ended up happening anyway because somebody tried to spin it as uh, positive out in San Francisco and they still walked among the homeless and drug addicts. Uh, it was revealed that the person that put this together was the Commissioner of Community Investment and Infrastructure. He was forced to resign. This person was, was forced to resign because... Of this, uh, of the negative connotations that came up with this doom loop walk. Now, so San Francisco found it's one incompetent bureaucrat right there. They got rid of this person, and now everything's going to be peach king, hunky dory. Uh, nothing, uh, nothing should go wrong from this point forward. That's what was crippling San Francisco. Not the uh, rampant drug use, the rampant shoplifting, uh, the uh, rampant thefts. It is this one bureaucrat pointing out how bad things are in San Francisco. By the way, I do not anticipate the city of San Francisco firing me because, uh, well, I don't live out there and I don't work for those assholes. All right. Uh, you, re you remember the COVID shutdown, right? That was that was great. And uh, how we all were forced to, uh, you know, shelter in place from a bug that, you know, pretty much got us anyway. Um, and all these people um, whose businesses were affected you know, because when you shut down the economy, it, it, it hurts. It hurts big time. And it's not just, you know, uh, the fat cats. The fat cats didn't get hurt, by the way. I mean, Jeff Bezos was rolling around in all that cash that you were spending as you were at home looking at your laptop. Um, but, you know, you had the COVID relief money that was being passed out to all these businesses because they were hurting and all this stuff. Uh, there was a pizzeria owner in Massachusetts that used the money... Not for his business, but to buy an alpaca farm. He misappropriated the funds so he can go out and buy, basically, um, mountain camels. And now he's going to jail for two years. It's almost like uh, when you hand out free money, anybody will look for an excuse to get that free money. And it's like, maybe that shouldn't be what the government's doing. Maybe they should have just let people uh, continue work and figure out how to best deal with the circumstances. I mean, I get COVID, um, depending on who you were and your and your immune system, it, it's going to affect you differently from somebody else. But the fact is that there is a, a pretty high recovery rate for, with this disease. And uh, unless you had cancer or AIDS or a heart condition or you were elderly or, or, or morbidly obese, I mean, there's no reason for you to stay at home. You had everybody stay at home. You had all these business owners looking at this money and going, hey, I could use this. And they ended up using money that wasn't theirs for nefarious purposes. Yeah, that 
that kind of that's that's called graft. That's called graft, and we shouldn't be uh, uh, surprised when shit like this happens. Okay, um, couple of light stories here before uh, before I call it a night. Before I call it a podcast, out in Tennessee, Knoxville, uh, this nurse. Yeah, she's a nurse. She's got a very important job. She probably worked all through the freaking uh, pandemic, but uh, she's got the biggest fee mullet in the world. She has the a record long mullet for a woman, five foot eight inches. This thing is longer than she is. Short little lady. She's got this. She's a nurse. She's she's got an important job, like I said. But I, I, the inspiration for this mullet is funny. I guess she got this back in nineteen ninety. When she saw the music video to uh, Voices Carried by Tilt Tuesday. And you would think uh, her fate might be a little different if she uh, glommed on to a video by The Cure or Flock of Seagulls. No, she, she, she saw the rat tail in Voices Carry, and she decided to carry that on into uh, multiple decades ahead. So congrats to her and her female. And finally, uh, Linda Byler. If she was not on your summer reading list... These last few months. I mean, maybe uh, with the impending snowpocalypse, uh, all these uh, winter storms, the long gray months ahead, one of her novels can make her way into your reading list. Uh, she is an Amish author. An Amish art author of Amish romance novels. And it's, it's the damnedest thing, man. Like, I guess because she's Amish, she has to handwrite out all of her stuff. She has to write all of uh, her book out. And then mail it off to the publisher, and then they transcribe it and everything. But she, these are tastefully done romance novels uh, with very little touching going on in them. So what you're getting is the uh, the roma the romance novel equivalent of Odules or uh, Sanka. Yeah, none of the heavy stuff. We wouldn't want anybody to have fun, now, would we? But uh, you know, anything to make a buck on these uh, in these. Uh, Fill in the blank times, am I right? Alright, with that all said and done, hopefully you had a great Labor Day weekend. Until next time, stay fresh. You've been listening to Mike Davidson Live. Be sure to check him out on social media. Like him at Facebook.com backslash M Davidson Live. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at Davidson Live.